Hey guys, I dorked this podcast up pretty bad, and uh, it's way long. So we're going to have an A-B, that's why I got to do it on the front. I, I put some sound bites together because there's just so much content right now, and I was trying to make the point of lies and evil shit that's being said just because they got to get Trump. So, this is the A, it's the politics, and the B's will be, the, uh, the B section will be the news and social media nuggets. Sorry, but I don't think you want a four and a half hour podcast. That's kind of uncool. So, I hope you enjoy this, and remember, once you're done with this one, go download B. Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Calling it the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus or the Kung flu. Listen, you may think it's clever, uh, but it's hurting. Do better. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? And he couldn't help himself. He had to call it a foreign virus. That is so wrong. It is such an irrational, unscientific, nonsensical way to talk about this. He called it a foreign virus. When the fact is, it's here in America. Even though there are now more reported cases outside of mainland China than inside. Obviously, viruses don't have a nationality. The World Health Organization has really pushed back on this, saying that that is absolutely not the appropriate description. If you want to blame, blame Earth. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, it's a, because it could have come from anywhere. All right? That, of mm. course, people think of as a racist term. His racist attack on the Chinese virus. You just wonder what's wrong with him. A lot of people, Yamish, think he's just blatantly racist. Fierce criticism that the term is racist. Racist. Xenophobic. Yeah, it is racist, Donald Trump, so stop using it. We know what that's about. That's about him playing xenophobia. Works with his base. This is race baiting. This is a form of xenophobia. Many Asian Americans say it is racist and that the president's actions have led to a growing number of attacks on the community. Do you think using the term Chinese virus that puts Asian Americans at risk? Are you worried about Asian Americans living here in the United States or around the world of being having actions against them because of this? Chinese Americans, Asian Americans who are being discriminated against as a result of his rhetoric. It's not about where it started. All right. This doesn't help calling it a foreign virus. We're all in the fight together. Stop. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. This is the 27th of March, year of our Lord, 2020. How you doing? Doing pretty good here. Kind of getting used to not being able to do anything. I mean, let's be honest. This, The more I watch uh, social media, TV, uh, even my favorite show that came back last night, Tacoma FD, um, you can tell some people are not built for this. You know, they, they kind of are falling apart because they can't go out and do stuff, but we don't do stuff. I mean, we go out junking and movies and okay, we go to the beach and shopping and things like that, but we don't go partying. So at night, this is kind of like normal, I guess. I mean, I granted 
you know, I guess we're different because we're older or I was gone most of my life. So staying home doesn't really bother me because I was never fucking here. You know, I'm, I was talking to somebody the other day. I, when I added up, it was like eight years of my 20 years in the army. I wasn't even home. That's not counting going to the backyard and, and uh, as we used to call it, on post and training, which would be all week, and then you come home for the weekend. So um, th- this, this to me, is pretty cool. I don't mind staying at the house and chilling. I, I don't. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. But you can tell with certain people. You know, I watch uh, Jimmy Fallon's show. He's got Baldwin on and dude's like 80 and he's got 45 fucking kids and I just stare at it. I mean, they're young kids. I mean, he has two. But you really look at that and go, oh, yeah, for you, it's probably pretty bad because you should be having kids anyway. I-, I couldn't imagine having a kid right now. I'm 52. Fuck to the no. Grandkids are different. You can hand them back, but kid kids, really? Um, but it seems like things, you know, they gone crazy and the numbers went way the fuck up and, and, um, uh, our show is going to be pretty much the same. It's going to keep going on the same things. They're, they're going to pick something. If you say A, they're going to say B. If you say C, they're going to say D. Um, it's a lot of tomfoolery and you're going to hear a lot of sound bites today. 85,755 cases, 1,300 deaths, and it's New York City. It's New Jersey, California, Washington, Michigan, Illinois, Florida. That's your first red state. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to say that, because I don't look at it this way, but okay. Massachusetts, Louisiana, that's a red state, I think. Texas, or Pennsylvania, then Texas. And everybody, you know, Pennsylvania, Texas, Georgia, Colorado, Tennessee, we have 1,098. All those states, and some of them are red, they're all under 2,000 cases, which we probably have 80 times the flu cases right now. Um, and deaths, uh, Tennessee's got three. There's been 466 in New York City. But there's still acting like this is like the end of days. We are losing people left and right. It is just tearing at the fiber of life. And I look at it and go, yeah, that, it's bad. I'm not saying it's not bad. And any loss is horrible for those people who are losing their loved ones. But it's not like World War Z. But they're still acting like it. And them being Democrats and the left. So today, we're going to bash the shit out of the fucking media with a goddamn snow shovel. And we're going to bash the shit out of lefties. And it's not because I'm a Trump supporter. It's not because I relish in showing their stupidity. It's because it's almost evil. We're at a point where it's no longer partisan. The stuff I'm covering today is just pure fucking evil. I say it all the time. I said it for years on the show. They fucking hate you. If you're not a coastal, if you're not a black, gay, transgender, 
illegal immigrant. They don't give a fuck about you. It's all about intersectionality scorecards. But the sad thing is, they don't care about that black, gay, transsexual, illegal immigrant. They don't even care about that motherfucker. They just want to pander to that demographic. Now that's what they've done. Because the bill got approved and we're going to cover all the stupid shit that's in there. There's nothing to do. Nothing. It's pork to get people to vote. But I want to start on a positive, and I want to start on a positive soundbite. First of all, Gallup poll, hospitals, 88% positive, state governments, 82, your employer, 82, Trump, 60, Congress, 59. I don't know who took that poll, or who thought that they're, they're good. And the news media is 44 with a 55 negative rate. And it's because of bullshit that not just this little podcaster in my bunker, Mr. Nobody, thinks. Here's Dr. Brinks. Round based on the need. And so I know that it has become a place where people are looking at numbers rather than what is needed. Um, because if you do these projections, when you got to those projections that said, like in Germany and others, that Im- implied that 60% or 50% of the population would get infected, the, I want to be very clear. The only way that happens is, is this virus remains continuously moving through populations in this cycle in the fall cycle, and another cycle. So that's through three cycles with nothing being done. And so we're dealing with the cycle A right now, not the one that could come in the fall of 2020, although we're getting prepared for it by the innovations that are being worked on, and not the 2021. We're really dealing with the here and now while we're planning for the future. And I think the numbers that have been put out there are actually very frightening to people. But I can tell you, if you go back and look at Wuhan and Hubei and all of these provinces, when they talk about 60,000 people being infected, even if you said, oh, right, well, there's asymptomatics and all of that, so you get to 600,000 people out of 80 million. That is nowhere close to the numbers that you see people putting out there. I think it has frightened the American people. I think on a freely, on a model that you just run full out, you can get to those numbers if you have zero controls and you do nothing. And we know that every American is doing something. And so I think what our job right now is, is to carefully detail on a hospital by hospital, state by state, county by county, to outline what the infrastructure needs are and ensure that we're meeting them, both from the stockpile and from the generosity and movement of the American people and other hospitals. A lot of folks out She's right, because they're doing it on purpose. They're running the worst... It's just like climate change. They're running worst-case scenario, because they don't work on facts. Progressives have never worked on facts. They work on emotion. They scare people. Conservatives are no better. They, I've said it a zillion times on the show. During the Bush administration, Al-Qaeda was coming out of your toilet. You're going to take a dump. They're going to go right up your ass and plant a bomb. It, I'm not saying they didn't. But Democrats on everything. And then when you call them out, we're just about the truth. No, you're not. You're about scaring people. And most of this is predicated on the dick dance we played. He didn't, he's not doing anything. He called it a hoax. Well, he didn't. 
And, okay, he didn't call it a hoax, but he's not taking it serious. Now he's taking it too serious. After four years of he's going to be a dictator, he's not being a dictator. Yet, he should be a dictator. Okay, he's doing okay. Oh, he attacked the media. China Kung Flu virus, which we started on. That's another master cut because they won't leave that shit alone. And then they go into, oh, he says, I need to start, you know, we're going to start looking at ways to get the economy going. Because if you look at the goddamn numbers, other than New York City, that is a fucking cesspool of virus, most of the country doesn't have it. We have six cases where I live. Where we went yesterday, which I was going to talk on one of the more positive break section, went out to the lake. It's a huge county, not one case. Everybody was social distancing. It's a red district, too, by the way. All ours are in Nashville, Memphis, Knoxville. Those are blue. And once again, I don't look at it that way, but you're going to see that was a big thing this week. Red State America, they want to prove that because of Trump and Fox News, Red State America is going to die. They're rooting for it. There's journalists rooting, hoping the numbers. They're going to catch up. I don't know how you catch up to New York City. And I don't I don't relish in that. I think it's fucking horrible. That's a lot of cases and a lot of deaths. But it's just simple fucking I don't need to be an epidemiologist. You motherfucking live nut to butt, there's gonna be more cases than where I live, where the closest person is a hundred meters away. Their house. I live in the sticks. So, yeah, they're, they're rooting for that. So, I'm going to play Andrea Mitchell. I want to feature her today before I play the media rooting, literally for death, and, you know, CNN and MSNBC won't carry the press conference, but now they're carrying just Trump, and then they break away when supposedly the adults are talking. They don't film that anymore, and there's still a billion op-eds. Well, with Trump, it's a different president. We don't get let him speak to the American people. We let him speak, and then we filter it. And that literally is what journalists are saying, which is the most absurd thing in the world. Because anybody with an IQ of a potato and with the polls of 44 pretty much knows what you're saying is, I just want to put a slant on it. I want to pick it apart. I want to parse words. So... Andrea Mitchell was just on a tear this week. She's been very upset about all this, because remember, she still loves Hillary. She can't let go of Hillary, and in her mind, Hillary is still on planet two as President of the United States. And we also need a Congress that's effective, and Mitch McConnell took the floor and lashed out against Democrats. Let me play just one of the things that he had to say today. We were this close, this close, and yesterday morning... The Speaker of the House flew back from San Francisco. And suddenly, the Senate's serious bipartisan process turned into this left-wing episode of supermarket sweep. This is no time for this nonsense. I know that was a, a very direct attack on Nancy Pelosi, obviously, and both sides have their issues. But isn't this the time for Congress to stand up together? And figure this thing out when well, people let me do just, need leadership. 
There is politics involved. We've heard very little from, for instance, the more likely, most likely nominee of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden. He's having difficulty getting, projecting through this crisis as the campaign goes totally on hold. And we're also seeing some polls indicating the president's uh, approval ratings among Democrats and independents skyrocketing to their highest levels yet. Uh, to some 60% approval ratings for the way he's handling this crisis as he continues to hold these briefings. The briefings are working for the president. No matter what he says, people seem to be seeing him as a leader. At least more people do. Yeah, as you know, Andrea, you and I share a, a healthy skepticism on public polling. And I think, you know, what polling shows right now is not going to be what happens, right? The problem President Trump has is he's made a bunch of promises that have turned out to be wrong on this uh, on this virus. Any bipartisan Senate deal with the White House cannot become law, of course, without agreement by the Democratic democratically controlled House of Representatives. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has outlined her chief concerns today. And the Speaker joins me now from Capitol Hill. Madam Speaker, thank you so very much for joining us at such a critical time in our thank government. You. It's very important to hear from leaders. Uh, you've just heard Chuck Schumer say that they're on the two-yard line. From your perspective, the House Democrats have yet to be heard from. What needs to be in this bill. The president was asked yesterday about the $500 billion and the oversight, and initially there was not transparency. We understand that has now been negotiated. Is that your understanding, and is, does, if it is that, that uh, change, would that be acceptable to you? It does raise the question of whether or not you have confidence that what is coming out can be voted on and that Secretary Mnuchin is accommodating to demands from Democrats. I just want to give you a chance to respond to things that uh, that the president has tweeted, that Mitch McConnell said yesterday, saying that they were close to a deal, and then you came back. Uh, you came back from your extended vote vacation. Um, you know, this is the the back and forth that we're seeing, and I just wanted to give you a response, a chance to respond. If you choose to. Well, I don't I don't really make it happen in paying attention to any attacks from the president because every knock from him is a boost for me. House Speaker Nancy thank Pelosi, you. thank you so much. Thank you for taking thank the time. You. I know how busy you are. My pleasure. You know, there's a text, a tweet in here um, later on. It's for Jake Tapper. And he says some bullshit. And people say, we just want you to report fair. And I think when it really comes down to it, I don't have this fucking hard-on for the media because I'm a conservative. I have a hard-on, as I think most Americans do, and thus the poll numbers, with the media never being fair. Whenever there's an impasse and one party's obstructing, we don't say obstructing for that party. We say they're taking care of people. But when the other party does, they're do-nothing, obstructionist. I mean, we heard that for fucking eight years under Obama. And none of them were games like this. Last podcast, I played Sandy, a regional package. It wasn't national. The shit that's in this bill is the reason why there was a tea party. I mean, it's just fucking stupid. And they're still butthurt. They're not happy. We'll cover it. I mean, they, they literally thought it was time to do all our partisan shit. And repeal the Hyde Amendment. And give everybody an abortion. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. It was supposed to be to get money to people. And then there's a whole crowd, which I'm not going to cover today, that rightly is going, why is everybody getting money? Now, granted, I'll take the $2,400. I'll take it in a heartbeat. 
I mean, technically, yes, my wife just started being on unemployment because she got fired. But the, the payments I get each month are not a benefit. It's an IRA and a workers' comp. That's what VA is. If you put it into civilian terms, my retirement pension is my IRA. And my disability is my workers' comp. They're not giving it to me as a handout. They're giving it to me for damages done to my body over 20 years in the Army. So I'll take the $2,400 handout. But why is everybody getting $2,400? Does everybody need $2,400? It clearly... Didn't seem enough. The Democrats wanted to give a full fucking year. A year of benefits. We were just going to keep paying money to people. And there was literally text that held it up for a while. And I don't know if it ever got rectified because it was only on conservative-leaning media sites. It basically benefited people not to work. Three million people filed for unemployment. Yet I'm sure 3 million people didn't get fired. They just can't work right now. And I understand they need money. But they want to change unemployment to the Green New Deal. That's what they want. Everybody gets a pot. Everybody gets a chicken. Everybody gets a house. Everybody has a job. Whether you want to work or not, they're going to have brown shirts come out and tell you to get your fucking ass to work. But in this, it, it actually incentivized not working. You'll get full money. And when you look at it for different reasons, and I don't like getting into my personal finances, my wife's worked 20 fucking two years at the same place. She made roughly 50000 a year. Her unemployment's $275 a week. In California, a person getting unemployment Regardless of where you worked, you're taking home $4,000 a month. Now understand, I know the quality, the, the cost of living's higher out there. I understand that. That's more money than I get with a pension and a disability, folks. Literally fucked up body. VA rated, not some fucking quack. Didn't fake my workers' comp like some weirdo. Because I've gotten workers' comp. Got my finger ripped off before I joined U.S. Cab and started making money. And I got ten grand. That's what they handed me for ripping my finger off. I didn't ask for the money. They just gave it to me, so I wouldn't sue them. But the point is, it's a workers' comp. I don't make that much money. After 20 years of service, going to war, breaking my spine, having fucked up knees, neck, sinuses... Penis, I mean, fuck. I don't take $4,000 home a month, but that's what you get in California. And it goes back to the Obama era where those, you know, tinfoil hatters used to say, well, he's incentivizing staying home. People are quitting their jobs because they make more money on the, on the dole. And we're in a state where my wife has to apply for three jobs a week. Now, nobody's hiring, but the point is, you still have to apply. California don't have to do that. You can just sit at the fucking house and watch goddamn The View. But that's what they did in the bill. They incentivize sit on your ass. Did they do that because they want the economy to tank? No. They did it like they always do it. They just want Trump to fail because it's a GOP president. I mean, don't think it's just about Trump. 
This is what they do every time the other party has it. They don't care what they do to the country. They put it under the guise with their media handlers we're about to hear. Oh, they just care about people and they want the progressive forward thinking. No, they don't. They're no different than Republicans. They just want to win the next election. How they get there, they don't care. If it destroys the economy, they don't care. We've had it on record for four fucking years. The media, the Dems, every prog on the planet. I hope we have a recession. So they want it. They're still pushing numbers that we're all going to die. Unemployment's going to be 80 million people. We're never going to fix the economy. This is the Great Depression. And they keep pushing towards that without thinking, if it really happens, what is your president going to do? You're going to hand your president a broken country. And that's probably not going to be good for Biden, who doesn't seem like he's fully operational at this point in time. We'll get on that, too. They don't care. They just want to win the White House. So here's the media rooting, just rooting for failure and death. Mr. President, you tweeted earlier linking the closing of the country to your election success uh, in, in November. Is this Easter timeline based on your political interests? Because you, you, to you tweeted, you said that the media wants the country to remain closed to hurt your no, odds no, of being reelected. Yeah, no, the media would like to see me do poorly in the election. Sir, I think, sir I think, lawmakers and economists on both that, sides of the aisle have said that reopening the country by Easter is not a good idea. What is that plan based on? Just so you understand. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I think there are certain people that would like it not to open so quickly. I think there are certain people that would like it to do financially poorly because they think that would be very good as far as defeating me at the polls. And I don't know if that's so, but I do think it's so that a lot of that there are people in your profession that would like that to happen. But your own I medical think it's experts clear, did not endorse that plan I think yesterday. it's very clear that there are people in your profession that write fake news. You do. She does. There are people in your profession that write fake news. They would love to see me for whatever reason, because we've done one hell of a job. Nobody's done the job that we've done. And it's lucky that you have this group here right now for this problem, or you wouldn't even have a country left. When I talk to you about how we are, we've done some things that are very horizontal across the country, but we're collecting data now in a county-by-county granular way. So it's like any epidemic. It's not equal everywhere. There are places that are very spared, and there's places where there's more. We have a a very vast country with a lot of capacity and a lot of infrastructure. And so looking very specifically about where the virus has been, where is it going, who's got freed up resources from where it has been, because it didn't hit all, it hit Washington State earlier than it hit New York, and looking at all of those pieces to really ensure how we can innovatively move equipment around based on the need. And so I know that it has become a place where people are looking at numbers rather than what is needed. Um, Because if you do these projections, when you got to those projections that said, like in Germany and others, that implied that 60% or 50% of the population would get infected, I want to be very clear, the only way that happens is is this virus remains continuously moving through populations in this cycle, 
in the fall cycle and another cycle. So that's through three cycles with nothing being done. And so we're dealing with the cycle A right now, not the one that could come in the fall of 2020, although we're getting prepared for it by the innovations that are being worked on, and not the 2021. We're really dealing with the here and now while we're planning for the future. And I think the numbers that have been put out there are actually very frightening to people. But I can tell you, if you go back and look at Wuhan and Hubei and all of these provinces, when they talk about 60,000 people being infected, even if you said, oh, right, well, there's asymptomatics and all of that, so you get to 600,000 people out of 80 million. That is nowhere close to the numbers that you see people putting out there. I think it has frightened the American people. I think on a, free, on a model that you just run full out, you can get to those numbers if you have zero controls and you do nothing. And we know that every American is doing something. And so I think what our job right now is, is to carefully detail on a hospital by hospital, state by state, county by county, to outline what the infrastructure needs are and ensure that we're meeting them, both from the stockpile and from the generosity and movement of the American people. And, and, and Gloria, you did hear uh, during the course of the president's statement, his response to the questions, uh, he went after the usual suspects, including the news media. Yeah. Yeah, he went after the news media, making uh, the point that, uh, you know, we'd like to see him do poorly in the election. And so we're rooting against him in this crisis. And that's so ridiculous. We should almost not even dignify it, uh, honestly. Seltzer, new from me. As the coronavirus deepens, the Trump admin is favoring Fox News and turning down almost all other networks' interview requests. It's a politicization of the pandemic. He literally said that. There are some people at the task force who actually want to do TV, but can't get any straight answers in the White House or the VP's comp shop. Red states. What does Brian Kerry's advocating not even carrying press briefings? You wrote the article, Brian. Trump's briefings are rating hit. Should the networks cover them? The president's viewership has rivaled the audience for primetime football. But he's supposed to be getting interviews to CNN and MSNBC when this is the entire media establishment. Jezebel, preventing from holding campaign rallies, Trump is using corona pandemic as a sort of shadow campaign. Gabriel Sherman. Oh, sorry, my freaking shit locked the fuck up because I haven't smoothed the pace. Cable News giving Trump free airtime. Repeat of 2016. Jessica Fletcher. He's a freaking president of the United States. We're in the middle of a national crisis. Try to be a serious person for a moment. They can't. They just can't. Every network is still running. I could read you a hundred op-eds. Don't carry it. Don't carry it. Filter it. You need to filter it. He's a liar. Filter it. Any red-blooded American with an IQ above a fucking potato knows that every administration gets up there in those press briefings and they embellish the shit out of it. Do we remember you can keep your doctor and your plan? Does anybody remember that? There was literally this question at the press brief, which without the press brief, you wouldn't be able to have this question. But this question is the tee-up for the progressive don't start up the economy because just don't start up the economy because we don't want it started. 
We're going to play an evil soundbite. This is very long. It's just evil shit with him saying he's going to kill off the World War II guys. He doesn't care about your grandma. It's the usual GOP throwing grandma off a cliff bullshit that always happens with every election. It's what they do. Nazi, racist, sexist, xenophobe, home transphobe, throwing grandma off the roof. It's happened since Reagan. It's never going to stop. It's what the left and the media does. But this question, how many deaths are okay? Because he said, I'm looking at trying to get the media, the, the economy back going. He didn't say we're lifting the bans. He didn't say we're not social distancing. They parse one thing. This is like hoax. All Mexicans are fucking murderers. Uh, those good people on both sides. They take a teeny little fucking phrase. And they say this, and I'm, I'm once again, I'm only playing it. It's, it's a given. We know they do it. Would you ever do this to Obama? I mean, I remember I jerked off in the beginning of this presidency just replaying that one guy interrupting Obama. Every network went to Twitter and said, how dare you interrupt the president? We have Jim Acosta screaming at the president in foreign countries now because, oh, it's different, as Jake Tapper says. But would this question ever, 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 ever be able to be asked to a Democratic president? Uh, Dr. Ashish Shah, who is the head of uh, Harvard's Global Health Institute, says the key to getting this economy open as soon as possible is to test everyone who needs testing so we can quarantine all infected individuals and allow everyone else to go back to work immediately. Would you subscribe to that strategy? No, but I, I, and, we have tested more than anybody. I, if, I not, saw it. And if not, how many deaths are acceptable? Yeah. How many? None. Okay. How many deaths are acceptable to me? None. Okay, none, if that's your question. Look, uh, I saw him. I saw his statement. We have tested by far more than anybody. We're testing more than anybody right now. There's nobody even close. And uh, our tests are the best tests. They're the most accurate tests. But if you're saying we're going to test uh, 350 million people, I, I watched his statement. Uh, I disagree with it. We can go to certain states. I could name them now, but I'm not going to do that. But we can go to certain states right now. They have virtually no problem or a very small problem. We don't have to test the entire state in the Middle West or wherever they may be. We don't have to test the entire state. I think it's ridiculous. We don't have to do it. A lot of those states could go back right now, and they probably will. Because at some point in the not-too-distant future, certain states are going to come off the rolls. Maybe New York can't, and maybe California can't. Maybe the state of Washington can't, although if you look at them, their biggest problem was in one nursing home. Yeah, go ahead. But the states aren't silent, and so, I mean, somebody, if you test one state, and then the person moves over to the other state, well then... Uh, you know, you're going to just look at that, but if you take a look at the states, and many states that I'm talking about, they don't have a problem. We have some big problems, but it's confined to certain areas, high-density areas. So why would we test the entire nation, 350 people? With that being said, I'm going to say it again. We tested far more than anybody else. We are, we have the ability to test. I mean, we've come a long way from an obsolete, broken system that I inherited. We have now tested, with the best test, far more than anybody else. And when I say anybody else, I'm talking about other countries. No country is even close. I mean, 
By the evening, it's, oh, he's not calling on anybody but Fox or conservative. All I have to say is HuffPo. Barack Obama brought HuffPo front and center. He never called on Fox. He fucking wiretapped Fox. Josh Jordan, Gallup, Trump job approval soars 12 net points. He's still at 50. Republicans, 92. Independents at 43. Democrats, 13. B-Boy, Boyce Basie. This may help explain Trump's approval rating. Evening news broadcasts are featuring a truncated Trump who appears more competent than he has resulting of editing. Josh Gersten. So if TV people run the whole presser, they're condemned. And if they chop it down, they're condemned. I guess better ignore the POTUS who still has great power. Bryson, time to give Bernie and Brian Biden similar treatment to offer a viable alternative. Hollywood Reporter then goes out, and we're just going to do some randos, finds an Asian American to call Trump a racist. One guy. Not reading it. Just one guy. Can't find a, the Asians are getting beaten in the street. Can't find any of that stuff. They find one person, and they make a whole article about it. And then was the big lie this week. The big lie that went fucking viral and started what I like to call the memory hole where news organizations started deleting it because they were so excited to find we got them and it was a lie. The anti-malarial drug chloroquine is now one of 69 drugs being investigated as potential treatment against coronavirus. The problem it has not yet been approved. In Arizona, one man has died after an apparent attempt to self-medicate with that drug. CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta with the very latest. An Arizona man has died after he took chloroquine phosphate because he believed that it would protect him from the coronavirus. You may recall the president has been talking about chloroquine in a tablet form, which is a malaria drug, which he believes could in fact help people who are struggling with the, chlor- with the coronavirus. We talked to this man's wife, who is now also in the ICU, about how and why he took this particular chloroquine phosphate. Did you see the president's press conference? Where did you hear about? Yeah, yeah, we saw the we saw his press conference. It was on a lot, actually. And then what? And then what? Did you did you seek out chloroquine? I had it in the house because I I used to have koi fish. So this particular form of it that he took was used to kill parasites and fish, apparently. As you know, the FDA is looking at whether chloroquine could be used. It's a malaria drug, could be used to help people with coronavirus, but not in a raw form, certainly not in the form that you would use to kill fish parasites. Please turn up the volume for this. An Arizona man has died after attempting to self-medicate chloroquine phosphate, believing it would protect him and his wife from the coronavirus. The man's wife is currently in critical condition, and she tells NBC News that she and her husband decided to take the additive after watching President Trump talk about the potential benefits of chloroquine during one of his televised White House briefings. Dr. Dana Grayson, a man died and his wife is in ICU after they ingested chloroquine, one of the anti-malarials that Donald Trump touted. 
Chloroquine, hydrochloroquine has not been proven effective, even though it's being used all over the place. Come to find out. Well, I'll just read the article. Media blamed Trump for man's death after ingesting fish tank cleaner. Fish tank cleaner. He has repeatedly mentioned chloroquine, saying the drug that is commonly used to treat and prevent malaria has shown promise in treating COVID. So when a man in Arizona who did not have coronavirus died after ingesting chloroquine, chloroquine phosphate, which was an ingredient in fish tank cleaner solution, the media was quick to describe the death of Trump, the wife in Arizona, blah, blah, blah. Believe anything without speaking to a healthcare professional, business insider reported. The man's wife, who also suffered serious injury from drinking the fish tank cleaner, blamed Trump. We saw Trump on TV, every channel, and all his buddies, and that it was safe. These are the same fucking people that say he's a liar, but they went out and grabbed some fish cleaner, fish tank cleaner, and drank it. Trump kept saying it was basically pretty much a cure. Trump did not call the medication a cure and certainly did not instruct individuals to ingest any product that contained it. But several news outlets reported the story, taking a woman's story at face value, never differentiating between the two chemicals. Some even got Trump into headlines. The left-leaning website Axios, man dies after self-medicating with chloroquine, they have now deleted this tweet and corrected our story because it did not reflect the full nature and self-medication done with an addictive, commonly used clean fish tank. The website also added this to the piece. Editor note, this story has been updated to reflect the fact that the former chloroquine the couple ingested was used in aquariums and it was not medication. Meanwhile, left-leaning BuzzFeed, a man is self-medicated with drug Trump promoted as a potential treatment. But then they changed the headline, a man died after self-medicating with a form of drug that Trump promoted as a potential treatment, which is no different. Well, technically true, they both contain chloroquine, but one cures malaria, the other is it toxic. The uber-liberal Times magazine wrote, Arizona media, Arizona man dies after taking chemical Trump tweeted or Trump touted. The Guardian published a piece. Arizona man dies after attempting to take Trump coronavirus cure. U.S. News posted a Reuters story with the headline, Arizona man dies after taking chloroquine from coronavirus. And CBS News went all in. Arizona man dies, wife ill after taking drug touted by Trump. Yeah. Total lies. They knew it. They didn't care. But at NBC, they clung to it. Heidi Prezibayala, P-R-Z-Y-B-Y-L-A. Her husband is dead and she's in the ICU after ingesting chloroquine. We saw Donald Trump on the whole quote. Trump kept saying it. She implored Von Hilliard, educate the people. Britt Hume, oh, for Pete's sake, they drank fish tank cleaner. Britt? This is West Coast conservative responded to him. The media would rather increase the noise on fish cleaner dangers than hear success stories like the gentleman in Florida recovered using hydrochlorine, quin, whatever the fuck. Prepare for the block, Brit. That seems to be our only defense for this. Proof that it's not just millennials are ingesting Tide Pods and licking toilets. Rasmussen report. Public service notice. Do not ingest fish tank cleaner under any circumstances or any grade of gasoline for that matter. And avoid media pundits from now on who push this gross and dangerous distortion. Because then they scared half the fucking country. And what they didn't think about... Well... What do we do now that people are in the treatment like... New York, where everybody's got the fucking virus. Now they're not going to want to take it. When they have a medical professional in front of them going, no, 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 that was fish tank cleaner. Rick Wilson, Jennifer Rubin, 
uh, Morning Joe, everybody, everybody retweeted. George Conway. I hope this is the beginning of the end of the political shit poster. And let's also be clear, no matter how you feel about Trump, he did not tell people to take chlorine phosphate. He did not tell people to take any chloroquine without a doctor telling them to. You forgot bleach. Don't drink bleach. It kills viruses too. So then they tried a memory hole. Axios, The Hill, MSDNC, CNN. Everybody had to go back. Everybody had to change the update. Without saying, hey, look at us. We kind of sucked on this one, but we hate Trump. I would respect them more if they just said, hey, we hate Trump. We would report he ate an alien's cock with no proof if we could get him non-elected in November. That, that, I would respect CNN. If Jake Tapper came out and do that, did that, I'd be fucking happy as a cat. But they know. They still try to play. We're on the up and up. And every one of them is stealth editing. They don't do a correction. They don't go delete it and read, say, hey, we deleted it because we were wrong. They never do that. All the time the media is talking about it's about truth. And we, the whole CNN thing last year, we say when we're wrong. We didn't say anything wrong about the Russian hoax where everything was a smoking gun. You didn't say Kavanaugh was wrong. You didn't say... The impeachment was wrong because it was fucking stupid and based on nothing. You have never corrected all Mexicans are rapists. Some have done the coronavirus is a hoax, but then they say he lies about everything else. I'm not going to correct AOC when she's still saying it. So here's a long soundbite. You'll hear a bumper on the end, and we'll start back in on some more shit. These are just all the fucking lies. They just can't stop themselves. President Trump sees Easter as the perfect time to reopen the economy and loosen restrictions. Listen to him. I would love to have the country opened up and uh, just raring to go by Easter. I think Easter Sunday, and you'll have packed churches all over our country... I think it would be a beautiful time. Based on what? No expert backed him up on the Easter call. Not one piece of science, not one projection. Now, I'm not sure the president knows Easter's theme. It's rebirth and renewal. But assuming he does, why would he invite the opposite of rebirth and renewal. Fact, more than 100 Americans died from coronavirus today. More than 700 total. The virus is accelerating. So with those as the facts, give me one reason it would be safe or smart or effective to reopen during the period of most cases. His answer. I don't want the cure to be worse than the problem itself. The problem being obviously the problem. And, you know, you can destroy a country this way by closing it down. The problem being obviously the problem. What is not obviously is that the cure is not a cure. It's arbitrary. He's a fan of money first, mortality second. False choice, you say. You can have both. Protection and economy, you say. Then why are fringe righties 
saying all of a sudden they'd rather die than kill the country. And why is this lieutenant governor from Texas, you have no reason to know about, getting a prime time spot to say this to a silent state newser? Are you willing to take a chance on your survival in exchange for keeping the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren? And if that's the exchange, I'm all in. Hmm. Kill my grandparents or my parents so that we can get the economy. Sounds pretty good. Don't make that call for my family. I guess he's the guy who can answer that absurd question you get when you were a kid. You have to pick one. Who are you going to kill? And you can't say neither. I guess he's the guy who answers that question. The rest of us dismiss it. You know why? It's absurd. We don't put a price on people's life. My answer has always been, well, then I'd shoot me. Because I'm not going to shift my burden onto the people I love. And as a people, we should face things together. Because that is the only damn thing that has ever gotten us anywhere. Especially when we are far from any point of no return economically. The same cannot be said about how we can press our luck with this pandemic. Then, who are we saying it to? The people who built this country, who saved the free world, who carved the code of our character, our best examples of perseverance, the greatest generation, they're going to be sacrificed. For what? Fear over fact? The fear that Trump's efforts to be president will be hurt. This is the worst job by him to divide us, yet us versus them take it to an existential plane. Who lives and who dies? And the only apparent basis is that it feels better to Trump. And let's be honest, not just to Trump, for Trump. You wear your MAGA hats, right? Make America great again. Square this suggestion with that. The greatest generation, those we all talk about as our inspiration, and rightly so, we're going to tell them we care about you the least. Let me tell you something about this pandemic. It's showing us warts and all, best and worst. It is a proving ground for everything about us. What choices our leaders make, what choices we make, they will all reflect what we are made of. And we are better than this. We don't choose who dies. We get through it together as ever as one. Amid all the pain... There are also and now, after about a week of that economic dislocation, as we continue to climb up the exponential curve of cases and of deaths, the president is now listening to voices on the right that say, really, what's a million seniors when you're thinking about the whole economy? That's slightly caricatured, but only slightly. I should note, this has been a, a, a central conservative right-wing idea forever. It's, it's the same reason there are arguments for why we don't need clean air regulations, even if, you know, tens of thousands of people die every year from lung disease from additional pollution. It's just that now it's being applied in this extreme case in the midst of a global pandemic and a growing exponential curve. Americans getting mixed messages tonight at a time we can ill afford it. COVID cases are exploding, doubling every few days in some communities in this country. Now with calls at the state level growing louder and more insistent for Americans to isolate, President Trump, focused on boosting the economy, is talking about ways to get back to business soon. 
putting him on a potential collision course with public health experts who say this is no time to lower our guard. But that proposed timeline goes against what his top health advisor told NBC News just days ago about how long the pandemic will last. The president arguing the White House's social distancing guidelines could be eased to allow Americans back on the job. What the president is now saying about his own guidelines from the White House to keep social distance, now saying he wants to restart the economy by Easter. President Trump's words going against what many of his own health experts have said. The president saying we lose thousands of people to the flu, but we don't shut the country off. The president talking moments ago. Meantime, his own team pressed, do they support this new messaging? How they answer. President Trump with conflicting messaging today on the coronavirus after the White House pushed social distancing to halt the spread of this. President Trump says he is ready for Americans to get back to work by Easter Sunday, even though the World Health Organization now says the U.S., could soon be the global epicenter of the outbreak. President Trump wants to reopen the country by Easter Sunday, but many public health experts say that is too soon and could risk a health care catastrophe. We're not even two weeks into this in terms of the social distancing, and already the discussion has become, well, when can we end it? Is that the right way to look at this crisis? And, you know, I just I, I just wonder what you think about this, Brian. He, he cancels the task force briefing. It's scrapped. So we don't get to hear from Dr. Fauci. Uh, we don't get to hear in a larger sense from his other experts, including his response coordinator. And instead, he appears on Fox News. Yes, for a two-hour virtual town hall that had quite a bit of misinformation and wishful thinking that's not based in reality. I understand the president wants to give a positive message to the country, and he wants people to know this will end someday. But he's talking about returning to normal by Easter. That's on April 12th this year. And public health experts say that would be incredibly dangerous. To suddenly go back to normal would be incredibly dangerous and would be devastating to the economy because so many more people would die. The president is out there on Fox saying this and not getting challenged much, not getting pushback the way he at least gets at press briefings and would get on any other network. I think, Brianna, this is an example of the Fox News presidency at its very worst because he can go on a channel that lets him say whatever he wants, doesn't challenge him, goes so easy on him, he ends up misinforming the public. And by the way, it's a feedback loop that's been continuing because he's hearing these ideas on Fox about trying to open up the country right away, and then he's repeating them on Fox, and around and around it goes, Brianna. Yeah, and he keeps, so he's been blaming Governor Cuomo, who seems to be having, I mean, look, politics aside, he's just having a very informed, like, you know where everything is in New York, and you know where they don't have what they don't have, right? He's making it so clear every day. It's this sort of touch point to understand what's going on there. He's blaming Cuomo, and he also seems to just be minimizing human life. He's been talking about how many people the flu kills how many people car crashes kill um i don't think personally that's very good messaging it's pathetic to be talking about car accidents if car accidents were doubling and tripling every day we would take action as a country to fix we take the cars off the road (laughs) we would take the cars off the road and for the hosts on fox news the news anchors like bill hemmer and, and harris faulkner to not challenge that kind of bs 
Well, that's a failure of journalism. But more importantly, let's hope the Republican leaders and public health experts in the administration are challenging Trump behind the scenes, because that kind of rhetoric is over potential drug treatments for coronavirus and a new warning from the American Medical Association that some doctors and pharmacists have been improperly prescribing medications for this. CNN's Elizabeth Cohen has more. Uh, Elizabeth, what, what are you learning here? This is alarming because, you know, we place a lot of trust in doctors and pharmacists to, to tell us what's right, what the right treatments are. Uh, so what's happening? Right, so the concern is really for doctors, dentists, other prescribers, that they are prescribing themselves uh, these treatments, uh, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, because there's some indication that maybe these treatments will help either prevent or treat coronavirus. Um, but they are not supposed to do that. It's called hoarding. That's a rough word, but that is what it is. One pharmacist telling us that she's getting prescriptions from a dentist for him, for his wife, for their friends, and she said, nope. I am not going to do it. And now the American Medical Association coming out saying the same. Let's take a look at a statement from their president, Dr. Patrice Harris. The AMA is calling for a stop to any inappropriate prescribing and ordering of medications, including chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine, and appealing to physicians and all healthcare professionals to follow the highest standards of professionalism and ethics. Now, Dr. Harris is being polite. I will not be polite. I will say don't be jerks. Don't hoard this medicine doctors this is not for you it is for your patients who have lupus who have malaria who have rheumatoid arthritis they're the ones who need it and there's about to be a shortage in some places we're told there already is okay so, so we know the justice department's already been going after people hoarding supplies are our states doing anything to stop this do doc doctors improperly prescribing uh, medications Yes, some states really jumped in quite quickly. The, the very day that this started happening last week, uh, many states jumped in and passed rules that said, if you want to prescribe these two drugs, you need to have a diagnosis written on the prescription. And worried physician is not a diagnosis. And they're limiting it typically to 14 days. And so they're really hoping that that will put a dent in it because, you know, no doctor wants to get in trouble. I didn't call you, I called this gentleman. Thank you, thanks a lot. Uh, on Monday, you uh, with? did you speak with you? I'm with Bloomberg. Yeah. Bloomberg means Mario Parker. How's Michael doing good? Mr. President. It's getting to them. You know, let me talk about it. This is all getting to Trump. No, it's getting to them. Because Jake Tapper's a fucking ex-DNC uh, staffer. Got it. But he's kind of objective most of the time. Oh, not now. The stress of this event and all their perceived fears of he's got the frickin' nuclear codes, he's going to kill us all, there's going to be a big crisis. I mean, they've convinced themselves that we were going to have a big crisis, and because we didn't elect their president, the one they wanted to, Hillary, we were all going to die. And so now, they'll print anything. 
Libs and journals are intentionally misleading readers on the Reuters CDC article. Reuter, Reuters article out tonight that Libs and journals are intentionally misleading the readers. First up, here's a headline. Exclusive U.S. Acts CDC expert job in China months before virus outbreak. Jake Tapper. Several months before the coronavirus pandemic began, the Trump administration eliminated a key American public health position in Beijing, tend to help detect disease and outbreaks in China. Reuters has learned. Amy, I went to her site. She's not a con. She's not a Trumper. Please try to report things fairly. And she excerpted. One disease expert told Reuters he was skeptical that the U.S. resident advisor would have been able to get earlier or better information to the Trump administration given the Chinese government's suppression of information. In the end, based on circumstances in China, it probably wouldn't have made a big difference. Jake Tapper again. If you don't like the Reuters headline and first paragraph, don't take it up with me. He didn't read the article. The entire world just jammed him. When you tweet a misleading headline to your audience, don't play the victim when you get called out. Nah, this doesn't fit the narrative. You tweeted out one part of a piece while ignoring a crucial detail. The dismissal, according to expert, was irrelevant. 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 Jeez, it's early, sorry. Prachit Jakar, this has been a terrible day for your credibility. Swing left. The CDC has an epidemiologist working full-time in Beijing to detect disease outbreaks. Trump fired her. Joe Lockhart, he takes it up. Donna Brazil takes it up. They don't read the article. They don't give a fuck. You go to conservative media now, like a Brit Hume, FDA has a problem. Thread below explains agency's failure. Most of the problems we're looking at are the FDA. There's so much, so many hoops, I'm not going to read it. It's like a 15-tweet screed. Well, why don't we have enough ventilators? Why don't we have this? It's not like you could just go out and make this shit. Trump is streamlined with some because they're still lying and we'll see. People are making them, but they keep reporting they're not making them, but they are, so much that they come out and go, yeah, we are. But you can't just go out and start making masks. There's a billion regulations. And nobody from CNN is addressing the Soros pack combined 13 millions to group launching an anti-Trump coronavirus attack ad. We're about to play it. But understand the DNC did this. They fucking held up the fucking House bill so they could politic off it. They held off the final vote so they could politic off it until it boomeranged in their fucking face. Because Americans went, hey, Nancy, we could use that goddamn money. But nobody's addressing, why is this allowed to be on the air? And more importantly, would this ever fly did it fly under Obama? I'm pretty sure Brian Seltzer addressed every goddamn pack ad against the dear one. The coronavirus. This is their new hoax. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China. One day it's like a miracle. It will disappear. When you have 15 people, and within a couple of days it's going to be down to close to zero, we really think we've done a great job in keeping it down to a minimum. I like this stuff. I really get it. People are surprised if I understand it. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Priorities USA Action is responsible for the content of this ad. 
Uh, here's the articles. Trending. GM and Ford are not currently producing ventilators, despite Trump claim. GM and Ford are not currently just doing it for, from publications, social media, the fake news is getting ridiculous. Breaking. Ford plans to build respirators, ventilators, and face shields in Michigan and partner with UAW, GE Healthcare, and 3M. 1,000 respirators per month using F-150 seat fans, portable battery packs, and 3D printing parts. 100,000 face shields. My pillow is making face shields. They'll do an article of some college kid making face shields on a 3D printer. It was all over the Today Show. They pushed forever that it's not doing it. It was Twitter on Twitter. It was everywhere. It was a lie. Because they take every fucking briefing and they parse whatever they can find and say no. I was going to play the My Pillow because I just love that My Pillow guy. <laughs> He's such a geek. I just love him. New York Times opinion. President Trump needs to call for a two-week shelter-in-place order now as part of a coherent national strategy for the coronavirus to protect Americans on their livelihoods. Brian Seltzer, editorial board, says this. The world. Before corona, Trump was acting like a dictator. After Corona, Trump needs to act like a dictator. So now you want him to be a dictator. Unlike some, I'll shelter in place for the good of my neighbor. I don't need an order. Liberals are going insane because President Trump won't act the part of dictator they could, they've concocted in their feverish dreams. Then you bring out actual articles. New York Times opinion. Trump isn't a dictator, not yet anyway, but he clearly has totalitarian instincts. Trump is a dictator wannabe with no respect whatsoever for democracy norms. Sadly, elected Republicans have fallen in line. That's what you've been printing forever. Forever. Annie Carney, New York health officials just said uh, not to follow the federal guidelines that you should self-quarantine for two weeks after leaving the metropolitan area. Jill Colvin, New York health commissioner, is not on board with the White House recommended yesterday that people leaving the New York metropolitan area self-quarantine for 14 days. I wouldn't follow that. These cases are all over the country. It's not just New York. Yeah. So when they put stuff out, they won't do it, and you wonder why you have 40,000 fucking cases. We didn't get our cases in Montgomery County. They just didn't appear here. They came from Nashville. People are coming from Nashville here and spreading the virus. Oh my fucking God, Nancy, why? Hilariously infuriating thread breaks down Nancy Pelosi's Coronaville bit by pork-filled bit. This is from Oil filed rando. I think he meant to say field, but it's F-I-L-E-D. I don't know what that means. This, once again, I I just want to, to keep phrasing it and, and framing it, more to speak, of how the media would act if a Republican Congress and a Republican minority in the Senate crafted bills like this. This is what it took to get that fucking 80-year-old nightmare, Nancy Pelosi, to sign off, and then she just went out and dogged it and said it wasn't good enough. None of this would have happened under Obama. Remember, the ACA was passed without any input from Republicans. Nothing. They weren't behind the closed doors. They didn't know what was going to be in it. They were never brought on board. 
It was all Democrats. What the fuck is Noah going to do about coronavirus? $33,200,000 for new facilities. Why, Nancy? This is all from oil-filled rando. Keep in mind, this isn't a budget. This is supposed to be a relief bill. Why does Nancy want a $100 million for NASA and $100 million for construction and environmental compliance? You want to talk about slush funds? What the fuck does this have to do with coronavirus? People are losing their jobs, homes. Some are losing everything. And Nancy's blocking their assistance for a Democratic agenda. His next tweet. Oh, my fucking God. Nancy is demanding $278 million for the Internal Revenue Service. $300 million for the IR fucking S. Of course, a Democrat would put American lives at risk to fund the damn IRS. Next tweet. Ha, 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 OMG, Jesus H. Christ. Nancy's Corona Bill wants $35 million for JFK Performing Arts Center. Democrats never get to use the word slush fun again. Sorry, Bob. We know your family might not have groceries next week, but Nancy really wants us to find the JFK Performing Arts Center that we can't even go to. $90 million for an HIV program. I thought this was coronavirus bill. Never let a crisis go to waste. Yada, yada, yada. What the fuck is the National Center for Advancing Trans- Translational Science? Seven million for one specific DC charter school. Gallaudet University. Odd seeing one school singled out like this, especially when it's not in session. I'm guessing somebody called in a favor. Someone definitely called in a favor. And wait, we thought the Democrats hated charter schools. Howard University gets $23 million handout. Howard Endowment gets $647 million. Thanks, Nancy. $300 fucking million for fucking PBS. So they can put some more fucking tranny cartoon figures out. Because God knows we need that. $500 million for the Institute of Museum and Library Services. I don't even know what the fuck that is. $1 million to the Sergeant-at-Arms and Doorkeeper of the Senate. Got a tip, everybody. They all got a raise. $47,000, too, by the way, for exposure. Everybody in Congress. You get $1,200 apiece if you made under $150,000. They get $47,000. I reckon... $300 million for migration and refugee assistance will keep the squad happy. Yeah. Immigrants. They're going to give money to illegal aliens. That's what they're going to do. That's what that is. Oh, you thought the wokeness ends a diversity of corporate boards? They can only do this through minority banks. Talk about a fucking election year pander. Have to, you can't have white people. Got to have only black people at the bank. If federal agencies use any bank owned by white men, they're going to have to splain themselves. God almighty, this some bitch is long. The feds are going to buy $300 million worth of food and then redistribute it. What are you going to bet they're going to suck at that? Another committee is born. The Oversight and Accountability Committee. They finance money for Wi-Fi hotspots and iPads. We're holding up relief for Americans for Wi-Fi hotspots and iPads. He ends it with, the next time some leftist jag off on Twitter claims Democrats are for the people and only voted against the bill to stop some magical slush fund, you point to them this article or this thread and you remind them who really has so-called slush funds and who really tried to help people. 
it, it's fucking horrible. From the fucking um, Federalists, the good, the bad, the ugly. One, payroll tax deferral. Employer side payroll tax payments are suspended through the end of the year to be paid half by a year in 2021 and 2022. This will increase business liquidity by $700 billion. More Federal Reserve money of $425 billion, which will be leveraged to provide up to $4 trillion. Net operation losses, five years carry back for tax years 2018, 19, and 20 for corporations. Qualified investment property fixes. Exemption for distillers to produce hand sanitizer. Six pay, sick pay Tax credits made available. The bad. Four months of full pay unemployment. This repeats and worsens the principal policy error of the Obama recession. Enhancing unemployment benefits that undercut worker incentives, contract the act of labor, and undermine economic growth. Even worse, this bill for the first time provides unemployment benefits for a worker who quits if he or she certifies that the individual had to quit because of COVID. Four months exceeds any reasonable expectation of how long shutdown orders will be in place. So everybody gets four months. Unrelated spending. PBS, National Endowment for the Arts, $75 million. National Endowment for Humanities, $75 million. Institute of Museum and Library Service, $50 million. Kennedy Center, $25 NOAA, Legal Service Corporation, $50 million. IRS, $250 million. House of Representatives, Salaries and Expensive. Expenses, $25 million went to the House of Representatives. Not the Senate. Mandatory neutrality and union organizing drives, which I have no idea what that has to do with the fucking virus. Even bigger student loan subsidies. No funds for topping up petroleum reserves. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did. They came in because they didn't want to get exposed They were in session from 10 a.m. and 42 seconds and 10 to 10.02 and 37 seconds. uh, 115 total seconds. That's all they did. They they showed up, they left, and they went back and voted. Because they don't want to be exposed. Here's Dr. Fauci. He also bashed the whole clusterfuck. Ah, check that. I I had a soundbite, but it's too goddamn long. It is him saying the same thing, that people are putting out scary numbers, the media's doing it on purpose, and they should stop. Dr. Evan Bundavid and Jay Bachaka, professors of medicine at Stanford, this was shared by uh, Britt Hume, and once again, they're saying they're highly overestimating the numbers. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's long and windy, but it's it's way too high. It's just way too high. It's not based on reality. And simultaneously, an article came out uh, during this from U.S. News. Coronavirus overshadows a deadly flu season. The flu in America alone has killed 22,000 people. Just the flu. Not corona. And yes, my wife, who we and I, you know, we've had multiple conversations about all this shit. Um, Sure, some of these could have been corona and we didn't know. But in the end, 
The flu has killed a shit ton of people. We didn't close shit down. So a message from the Kennedy Center, like other cultural organizations and performing arts center around the country, the JFK Center for Performing Arts has been negatively impacted by the coronavirus because the center created by an act of Congress when exists as a living presidential memorial. The center economic model is different from most organizations as we fill our congressional mandate, blah, blah, blah. The Kennedy Center is extraordinarily graceful that the Congress has recognized our institutional unique status and has included it. In the meantime, uh, as our concert halls and art venues are closed cross-country, the Kennedy Center programmers and its family of artists have come together to produce and offer free add-on programming. And this is basically, hey, don't hate us. We got a hookup from the left because the left are good people and they care about the arts. It, it doesn't... No. No. We stopped a bill... So Nancy Pelosi can hand out to all her base and donors, and hopefully they would come to the rescue in November 2020 to beat evil, evil Trump. Somebody's response to them. We need, uh, we need to, okay, 25 million, I can't read it, god damn it. Let me read the next one. 25 million could have purchased over 11 million N95 masks for doctors and nurses and to prepare for future outbreaks. Could not tell you how livid I am that you even exist. You should refuse the funding if you don't want to be canceled by the next Congress. People are pissed. I saw liberals and conservatives going, what the fuck is this shit? Why are we doing this? Why? Why do we need to do a bailout every time something happens bad and that bailout doesn't do shit for even corporations? Their big thing was worrying about evil capitalist corporations fucking people. Why? All they did was some small stuff for basically small businesses and allow them after the break to not fold. I follow quite a few in the local area. They get about two months. They can make it two months, then it's done. Because remember, every company is trying to pull this out. They're bringing people in. They still got to pay for electricity, water, the fucking overhead of that building, and the rent. I don't know why they're open, because personally, I would not. We went to a Taco John's yesterday, drive through on our trip to the lake, and we grabbed our lunch, and I just looked at it like there was nobody there. There was just us. It was 11 o'clock. I don't know if I'd be open if I had my own business. Because now i got to add payroll on top. Payroll. For what? Do the sales justify the payroll? That's what I'd be looking at. And for some of you, you're the motherfucking problem. You know, if you're a liberal, you're the problem. No, I'm trying to keep the fucking business open so everybody has a job. And if I open it just to fucking do the SJW dick dance and not make enough money to pay the payroll, I'm now incurred more loss. And some of these people, they don't have a slush fund like the Kennedy Center does or NOAA or HIV studies and all this other fucking shit. They don't have a slush fund. They can't go to uh, Aunt Nancy and ask for cash. It's just not going to happen. So we needed some things for the businesses, but they made it out like the entire package was going to business. You're getting fucked because you're not going to get a year of free money 
while all along they were just helping their base. That's all they were doing. And once again, that's politics, I understand, but in a complicit media, you don't hear that. So here are some positive sound bites, and then we're going to go into evil shit. So the way I'm going to do this for editing purposes is you're going to hear some people hammering back on the lies, as I call it. Then you're going to hear our comedy section, which is Dennis Miller 180. It's from 2013, but it was really fucking funny. And uh, bumper, and then you'll hear a very long evil. There's a lot of evil. They literally are, it's what I said in the beginning, they're starting to have cabin fever. And then you start seeing what I've known and what I've said on this show for four fucking five fucking years or however long I've had this podcast. Our media just hates anybody that is a coastal liberal elite. Enjoy and seeing you about, I think it's like 25 minutes from now. Have a good time. I'm going to go eat some breakfast. So for the past three or four weeks, the media have been yelling at you, shouting at you sometimes. China had nothing to do with this pandemic. Nothing. And anyone who says otherwise is a bigot. Now they've decided who is responsible for the pandemic. Fox News. It's Fox News' fault. Here are the facts of it, because they're worth knowing. On January 23rd, China, the country, put Wuhan, a city of 11 million people, on lockdown. They shut the city down. They were desperately trying to contain the coronavirus. It didn't work. But watching that, it became very clear to the rest of the world that coronavirus could be a threat to all of us and that we should all pay attention. There was no reason to believe that China was somehow special. It could escape from China. It could happen here. And we said as much on our show on January 28th. All of a sudden, the Chinese coronavirus is looking like a real threat that could be a global epidemic or maybe even pandemic. It's impossible to know, but it's the kind of thing that could be very serious. Very serious. Thousands of cases already confirmed. More than 100 are dead. And with the two-week incubation period, more cases are a certainty. So that was late January. That's the tape. What were the other news outlets saying then? The ones who are telling you now that Fox News did this. Well, here's what they were saying. On January 29th, the day after that aired, Vox tweeted this. Is coronavirus going to be a global pandemic? No. Period. The Washington Post launched a barrage of articles explaining how coronavirus fear was totally irrational. On January 31st, they wrote this, how our brains make coronavirus seem scarier than it is. February 1st, get a grip, America. The flu is a much bigger threat than coronavirus for now. February 3rd, why we should be wary of an aggressive government response to coronavirus, end quote, the response they're now demanding. As new cases of this disease popped up around the world, the delusion continued unabated. In fact, it got worse. On February 18th, the New York Times, the paper scolding Fox News, declared that, quote, in Europe, fear spreads faster than the coronavirus itself. Three weeks later, Italy shut itself down and thousands died. On CNN, on February 21st, they told you that the real plague in America was, quote, racist assaults and ignorant attacks against Asians, end quote. That's always the fear, and it's always aimed at you. That's what they really believed. Caring about coronavirus, wanting to protect the public from a pandemic, was racist. That's how deluded they were. Mark Levine chairs the Health Committee on the New York City Council. On February 9th, he tweeted this, quote, 
in a powerful show of defiance of coronavirus scare. Huge crowds gathering in New York City's Chinatown for ceremony ahead of annual Lunar New Year parade. If you're staying away, you're missing out. Can you imagine? His wokeness took precedence over your life. That same day, New York City Health Commissioner Osiris Barbet tweeted this quote, Today our city is celebrating the Lunar New Year parade in Chinatown. I want to remind everyone to enjoy the parade and not change any plans due to misinformation spreading about coronavirus. What was that misinformation? That it came from China, that it was dangerous, that you could get hurt by it? Misinformation, said the health director. None of these people cared about you. They didn't care about protecting public health or sharing accurate information. They cared about feeling virtuous. They put their wokeness above your life as they always do and always will. And because of that, as they still are, they spread lies and talking points meant to advance a totally unrelated agenda of identity politics. Now they're trying to use coronavirus as an excuse to grab even more power. Today, the Washington Post published an article lamenting, complaining that furloughed Facebook employees weren't around to censor opinions they don't like. Another Washington Post column over the weekend demanded that TV channels stop covering the president's daily coronavirus briefings because he criticizes the media and lies. Uh-huh. Don't listen to these people. They're the liars. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Saw the show last night. You saw that Lieutenant Governor of Texas Dan Patrick came on. He's turning 70 this week, and he had a very specific and for some a challenging perspective on what our priorities ought to be when it comes to coronavirus. Here's part of what he said. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to living. Let's be smart about it. Uh, and those of us who are 70 plus, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves, but don't sacrifice the country. Don't do that. Don't ruin so this great American So you're basically dream. saying that this disease could take your life, but that's not the scariest thing to you. There's something that would be worse than dying. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm going to do everything I can to live. But, you know, I, uh, if you said... Are you willing to take a chance? Um, and, you know, if I get sick, I'll go and try to get better. But if I don't, I don't. And, I, and I'm not trying to think in any kind of morbid way, Tucker. But I'm just right. saying that, that um, we've got a choice here. And, and we're going to be in a total collapse, recession, depression, collapse in our society. If this goes on another several months, there won't be any jobs to come back to for many people. So that segment ran after a segment with someone who had another perspective. We didn't debate either one. We just thought you should hear both sides. We didn't even comment on it. A lot of people loved what Dan Patrick had to say. We got a huge response. A lot of people really, really hated it. So we thought we'd talk about it a little more with one of the wisest people we know, Fox Senior Political Analyst Britt Hume joins us tonight. Britt, thanks so much for coming on. What did you make of that? What was your view of it? Well, I think he's essentially saying something that's not terribly different from what the president and Governor Cuomo have been saying, which is that this, what we're living in now, this circumstance as we try to beat this virus, is not sustainable. That the country, the utter collapse of the country's economy, which you know many think will happen if this goes on much longer, is an intolerable result. And that he is saying, for his own part, that he'd be willing to take a risk um, of getting the disease, uh, if that's what it took, to allow the economy to move forward, and he said that because he's late in life, you know, that he'd be perhaps more willing than he might have been at a younger age, which seems to me to be an entirely yes. reasonable viewpoint. Now, I guess a lot of people think that, you know, as, as your previous guest just suggested, that, you know, any kind of risk with anybody's life 
uh, is intolerable. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we, we live with the risk of, of, you know, seasonal influenza every year. And thousands upon thousands die from it. But we do not, as has been pointed out, shut down the economy to combat it. Now, look, the mortality rate from this is higher, higher enough that it makes it alarming. So it's obviously a much more uh, a, a special kind of case. But there we are. You know, we don't shut down the economy to save every single life that's threatened by a, a widespread disease. We just don't. Why do you think saying that, I mean, what you're saying is factually true. There's no precedent for doing that. And we faced a a lot of epidemics over the years. I'm not even taking a position on where we ought to go next. But just stating that out loud, why do you think that enrages so many people? Sincerely. Well, I I can't know that. I can't read the minds of people I, I don't know. But there's one thing I do suspect in all of this in terms of the reactions to it. We are living in a country which, in which people's reactions to nearly everything have something to do when you drill down with the, how they feel about Donald Trump. And to the extent that what yes. the lieutenant governor said on your air last night is similar to, in overall message, to what Donald Trump has been saying, I think some of the reaction to it may flow from that. It's such a shame because this moment isn't about Donald Trump, it's about us. It's about the rest of the country. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe well, we know, should focus if, on that, you know? Well, if you're, and, and think of it this way, Tucker, if you're covering this coronavirus as a story uh, in Washington, probably the best... The famed quote from Rahm Emanuel, President Obama's chief of staff, never let a good crisis go to waste. Sadly, we're seeing the embodiment of that cynical approach right now. Because all the people out of jobs the Democrats are using to push, what are they pushing for? Changing the emission standards on airplanes. Mr. President, what the hell do the emission standards on airplanes have to do with thousands of people dying and millions of people out of work in the coronavirus epidemic? Don't treat this bill like a partisan Christmas list. And by the way, you know, Republicans, we've got things we would like to advance to. Things I believe in deeply. You want to talk about what I'd like to do? I'd like to abolish the IRS. I've campaigned on that all over the country. I'm going to continue fighting for that. But, Mr. President, I'm not standing here with an amendment saying, as part of this emergency relief, let's abolish the IRS. There's a place for that political and policy discussion. The Democrats are pushing wind and solar tax credits. Mr. President, what in the hell does a windmill have to do with this crisis? Other than there's some Democratic lobbyists getting fat and rich. And they're willing to extort a crisis to try to advance their political agenda. Mandates on corporate board diversity. So these are Democrats that want a social engineer. Now, listen, I actually have a lot of problems with corporate boards. I think we have far too many corporate boards that are docile and do what management wants. That's a serious problem. A lot of discussion about stock buybacks. I'll tell you what I get concerned about stock buybacks is when you have compensation agreements in place that the executives get rich if they get a short-term boost in share price and it ends up hurting the shareholders. So I'd love to see actually more vigorous boards of directors that make sure that you're not creating incentives to gain the stock price. That's a reasonable question. 
but man they want to mandate effectively quotas on boards of directors. Mr. President, what in the hell does that have to do with this crisis? The Pelosi wish list wants to restructure the debt for the post office. Mr. President, last I checked, look, our postal workers, they go through wind and rain and snow, but they haven't been laid off. I call upon both sides. Don't play games with this. This crisis isn't going to end tomorrow. It's not going to end the next day. It's going to last for a considerable time. It's going to call, require adults to step up and lead. On the Meanwhile, the only diversity that really interests me is the fact that there are assholes and there are non-assholes. I mean, come on, there are assholes in every group of people. There are white assholes, black assholes, Asian assholes. There are Indian assholes, straight assholes, gay assholes, Christian assholes, Muslim assholes. I believe there is a common recidivist repeating percentage of assholes in any given walk of life. And I put it at around 37 to 38 percent, right? Somewhere right in there. And I believe our commonality as human beings is to be found in the universal nature of the modern assholistic movement. I mean, to not recognize that some people are assholes and some people are not assholes, to treat everybody the same, that, that you know, that makes you an asshole. Welcome to Thursday. It is Meet the Press Daily, uh, and we are going to begin our tap dance when it comes to the briefing. I'm Chuck Todd, and I'm going to be continuing MSNBC's breaking news coverage of the coronavirus pandemic for this hour and then some. We are standing by for today's update from the White House Coronavirus Task Force. The president is apparently going to also participate in this briefing after he spoke to governors across the country about his new plan to contain the virus, which basically involves an attempt to split the United States into high-risk risk, and low-risk areas perhaps as a way to potentially allow some people to go back to work. Although a number of questions are being raised about that kind of strategy, uh, and it is not clear whether this is a serious proposal or, or that could be overtaken by events, or this is actually the plan that's somehow approved by scientists going forward. Of course, right now everyone in the country, including the president, is trying to wrap their arms around what to do next as we all grapple with what will happen next. So let's take a minute to digest where we are right now. There's no better visual way to hammer home this daunting challenge of this moment. And what lies ahead than the graphic you are looking at on screen right now. The United States is about to have more cases than Italy. Maybe, maybe they're already. But it is about to surpass Italy, which is the current global epicenter of this outbreak. For many of us, it's hard to fully grasp how suddenly and dramatically our daily lives have changed as we've climbed this curve. 
All right, go back into your Wayback Machine. Just 20 days ago, 2-0, there were a mere 200 confirmed cases on this map. The economy was still humming, breaking records at the stock market. President Trump was actually complaining about having to let a cruise ship ashore, which, ready for this, would have added 21 cases to the national total. He didn't want to have more cases. I don't want to double the number of cases. Well, now there are more than 75,000 across the country. More than a 1,000 people have died. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Congress is passing the largest emergency relief bill in American history. This is all in the span of 20 days. On February 10th, he said, by April, this will miraculously go away. Mm. On February 23rd, he said, it's very much under control. We had 12 at one point, and now they've gotten very much better. Again, yesterday, in Donald Trump's hometown, 1,000 Americans died of the coronavirus that he are a a, a thousand total deaths we went over yesterday and in his hometown of new york city 80 people died and it's actually a fascinating progressive moment because what it's shown is that all of these issues have never been about how are you going to pay for it it's never been about whether we have the capacity to do these things or if the logistics have worked out, all of these excuses that we have been given as to why we cannot treat people humanely have suddenly gone up in smoke. And what what has been revealed is that all of these issues were really about a lack of political will and who you deemed worthy to be in an emergency or not. Because to me, In New York City, the highest rates of homelessness since the Great Depression has been an emergency for a very long time. And we have had to have been pushing for housing as a human right for a very long time. Now that we are experiencing everybody who's threatened by the uncertainty of this moment, everyone's realizing, wait, we are all in this together. And that, so, so that applies not just to issues of, of economic prosperity, but it, it also applies to issues of criminal justice, of civil rights, of human rights. Mr. Chairman, I have to ask you, I'm sure you're aware the president has been quite critical of the Fed and of you personally. I'm not going to get into all of it, but he has in tweets called you clueless, called the Fed pathetic, slow moving. Does what the president says affect you and what you do? Does it make your job harder or do you just ignore it? You know, my colleagues and I here are totally focused on our mission of serving the American people. We know that what we do is important for all Americans, and we try to do our absolute best to serve them in a way that is completely nonpolitical, nonpartisan, just to serve all Americans. That's our only focus. We don't let anything else get into our thinking, and uh, I think, you know, uh, that's just the way it always is at the Fed, that we have a very strong culture that's deep in our DNA, and, and uh, that, that just is the way it's always going to be. And as we pass 800 deaths and more than 61,000 confirmed coronavirus cases in this country, it is worth remembering what President Trump said almost one month ago today. When you have 15 people, and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero, uh, that's a pretty good job we've done. Tomorrow will be the one-month anniversary of that statement from the president. That was clearly a false sense of security he was providing the nation. 
in keeping with the many lies he has told the nation in order to downplay the virus and its risk and oversell the Trump administration response. With more than 61,000 cases in the U.S., far more than 15, far more than zero, there is really no way of knowing how many lives were affected by that false sense of security that the president produced. Then help me understand this. This is the call I keep getting from my mother. Tim Cook's generosity, Elon Musk's generosity are a positive. What is the rationale behind the president not enacting this, which would force production? Wouldn't we want to help our heroes putting themselves in harm's way? Can you help yeah. us? I realize you're not the president, but can you help us understand that rationale? <laughs> I tried to be. <laughs> My mother's watching. <laughs> My mother's watching. Yeah, I mean, I, is she Mrs. Rule? Is she what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> Louise! Stephanie's mom! Louise! Louise! I've been asking Louise the same question, Louise. She wants to know. Louise, yeah. I've been, I, Louise, I've been asking the same question, and I don't understand it. And when confronted with it, he, you know, he tells Schumer, he tells our minority leader, Chuck Schumer, on a telephone, hey, activate it. And then the next day he's saying, I'm not Venezuela. I'm not going to take over um, as a socialist government. And I don't think he gets it. I just don't think he gets it. And perhaps this is one of those other moments where he doesn't fully understand the role, responsibility, and power of the President of the United States to do good for the people. Unfortunately, we have someone in the White House who I don't think understands the core and essential functions of government. I don't think he respects those core and essential functions of government to understand what he should be unlocking, and in this case, to require domestic and to encourage and incentivize domestic production of the health resources like masks and ventilators that will save American lives. I don't understand, Louise. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think it's an abject failure of leadership. Senator, I'm going to speak on my mother's behalf because I assure you she is calling me right now saying, see, when the women are in charge, they know all the answers. Yeah, this is going to be a long song, a long podcast, but, you know, hey, there's nothing I can do. So do our evil shit. Pelosi's daughter says man who assaulted coronavirus victim Rand Paul was right. Yeah, that was allowed to stay on Twitter until yesterday. That's that's par for the course with Twitter. Jennifer Rubin, opinion. Let's hear more Cuomo and Biden, less Trump. This national emergency calls for a new journalistic restraints she was one of many who started floating we must filter him we can't let his uh press briefings go out without a angle from our media and right on cue after media whirlwind joe biden cancels tuesday coronavirus press briefing joe biden has quit the president of tv studios while never leaving the comfort of his makeshift living home make shit how about makeshift he appeared on The View to offer up some what-the-fuck moments, among among them a lot of touching of his face, looking of his fingers. He appeared on CNN with Jake Tapper, tried to demonstrate to the Democratic frontrunner how to cough in a sleeve because he didn't do it right. Uh, Nicole Wallace was treading on Twitter after Biden appeared on MSNBC and complete with Wallace produced the most cringeworthy moment after Wallace thanked Biden seven times for agreeing to come on her show. But now we're hearing that we won't be seeing anymore. Yahoo News. Joe Biden cancels his online press briefing schedule for Tuesday. Joe Biden canceling his online press briefing that was scheduled today to appear on CNN. Blah, blah, blah. After good night's rest, early morning Adderall to see how it goes. Some morning practice and maybe another by noon. So that, that kicks it right 
away during the shoot, then maybe you can get through 15 minutes. Brandon Darby, does this make any sense to you? He basically, do I have the soundbite? Let's, let's see, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play Biden first, cause it's in there where he says oh, the, the cure could be worse. So let's just do a Biden clusterfuck. Here is, uh, Biden, the view soundbite, and then Biden one and two of just crazy shit he said. And then I'll finish Biden with a fuck it up, cause there's a whole montage. That I found that this guy, yeah, let's put it this way. He's no Obama in a crisis. So as we talked to you this morning, there are more than 46,000 cases of the coronavirus in the U.S. And a third of the country is in some form of lockdown. How are you? (laughs) How are you doing? And what are you doing to get through your your lockdown? Vice President Biden, uh, this is Sonny. You, you said that uh, Trump has neglected, minimized, and lied about the virus. I completely agree with that. And, and now you are doing daily briefings on the virus from your home in Delaware. I thank you for that. Is this to counter the misinformation that Trump is putting out that you've referenced before? Have you been uh, tested for the coronavirus? No, I, I have not been tested for the coronavirus. Uh, I've had, thank God, no symptoms that I'm aware of. Doesn't mean that that can't happen. Up for the next round of primaries, <coughs> including. <coughs> I've not talked to any individual. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, you're supposed to cough into your elbow. I don't know, sir. That's, I learned that actually covering your White House. That's, that you no, did, a, actually, actually, that's true. But fortunately, I'm alone in my home. But that's okay. Vice President Biden, thank you so much for your time. Please stay healthy. For keeping businesses shut. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. And what is it like to be a candidate in the time of social distancing? <clears throat> well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing fine, thank you. <clears throat> and I think we've been... Public, but first of all, in this crisis, <clears throat> I like spoke earlier, he's talking... <clears throat> and I tell you what, I'm so darn proud. And those poor people who have lost, you know, anyway, it's just... Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to No, me. no, no. Listen, we're, we're about to make a choice about who leads this country. I just I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's like watching a yo-yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching... It feels that way. I want to ask... I want to... <laughs> it's okay. About um, the reporting in the New York Floyd to Home Alone um, with children. Why doesn't mm-hmm. he just act like a president? That's a stupid way to say it. You know, Donald Trump was asked. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I probably best I don't. I tell you what, I'm so darn proud. And those poor people who have lost, you know, anyway, it's just. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to. No, me. no, no. Listen, we're, we're we're two people in our basements with nothing but time. Why doesn't he just act like a president? That's a stupid way to say it. You know, guess, Donald Trump really was asked. Him. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I probably best I don't. I just, I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's like watching a yo-yo. 
I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching. It feels that way. I want to ask. I want. <laughs> That's okay. I want to. But my heart goes out, Nicole, for those people who lost a son or a daughter or a husband or wife, a mom or dad. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, uh, and the isolation, yeah. it's, uh, it really, mm -hmm. but God, they're incredible. God, they're incredible. They are. They are. Joe Biden, just a guy in his basement talking to a gal in hers. Thank you for spending some time with us. We're very grateful. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, uh, we any time. Really, any time at all. Thank you very much, Nicole. Thank you. I'm really pleased to have you. Open invitation. Thank you, Mr. Red. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank Bye -bye. you for spending so much time with us. Looks like we're going to have an A and B podcast. Wow, this thing's long. Sorry about that. Um, here's some of the people's tweeting about what this dickhead said. He coughed all through Tapper's interview, just sat at this point. They're trying to get him through the finish line. If if he were to win, then he will step down and his VP will assume the presidency. This is their plan, but Trump 2020, so no worries. I thought we were doing shadow briefings. Trump's out here every day for an over an hour. Joe can't make it through a few softball interviews in a short speech. Everything he has done this past week indicated they are terrified of him getting sick. Um, so they put him in a studio basement, not even, not seen for two weeks, coughing. He's under greater scrutiny since Hillary smelled a chance for the nomination. Don't want him falling mysteriously or something now, do we? Poor conservative Jennifer Rubin is going to be disappointed after she declared there should be more Biden briefings and less Trump. Daily Caller, Joe Biden sends, when I left the United States Senate, I became a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He never taught a class. He was given an honorary professorship after he left the White House, not the Senate. Biden, the president's number with the public have gone up in handless crisis, but they haven't gone up in terms of his presidency, awkward, awkward silence reporter. Actually, his job approval is also up. Biden, well, I hope that he's so strong that he'll... He's up way above that. The fucking root! What the fuck is Joe Biden talking about from Vice President Goes on the View, claims coronavirus cure will make the problem worse? But before I play him fucking up, these are what we're getting. New York Times touts the communal therapy sessions of Andrew Cuomo. See, there's this whole thing going on where they're trying to say, hey, maybe we should have Cuomo because every network is carrying it because it's ratings and they're in New York and people are dropping like flies. So that's really where the, the pandemic is. Maybe we should put that fucking abortion factory liberal online and, and get him into the fucking matrix. Then, conservative Washington Post rumor asked if virus can obliterate some Republican myths. So when she wasn't saying less Biden more, or less Trump more Biden, right-wing populism assessed with fanning xenophobia and distrust of intellectuals have been denying climate change for a year. President Trump used a China, I mean, she did a laundry list from her house being very, very angry. Very angry. And even in that article, Biden has showed the president's presidential leadership we need. Well, listen to the soundbite. Is this the presidential leadership we need? And simultaneously, why aren't they parsing the motherfucking elephant shit out of this 
Duke's bag. Would reassess the recommended period for keeping businesses shut and people at home. Are you at all concerned, as Trump said, that we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself? We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. No matter what. We know what has to be done. We know you have to... I noticed that the president's numbers of the public have gone up in handling this crisis, but they haven't gone up in terms of his presidency. Uh, Gallup did show he is now at 49% job approval, which is a reversal from a few weeks ago. So it's just an interesting development. It does suggest that the American people see him as a stronger leader than you've been maybe characterizing him. Well, I hope that he does. He's so strong that he's up way above that because we need the help now. We need help now. And uh, and so there's a lot we can do. But, uh, um, you know, I when I left the United States Senate, I became a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And um, I've spent a lot of time, in, and the University of Delaware has the Biden School there as well. So I spent a lot of time on campus with college students. But it's not just, I just, I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's like watching a yo-yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching. It feels that way. I want to ask, I want <laughs> That's okay. I want to. I want to ask you. Would reassess the recommended period for keeping businesses shut and people at home. Are you at all concerned, as Trump said, that we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself? We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse, no matter what. No matter what. We know what has to be done. We know you have to. I know some of that's repetitive, but why isn't that? picked apart why isn't the new york times doing an op-ed where is joe biden what's wrong with joe biden why is joe biden coughing touching his face licking his fingers why is he derailing and saying all this crazy crazy fucking shit that's once again why i started a podcast that's the kind of shit that republicans are ripped for right now if but it, say the world was upside down and Donald Trump was a Democrat and Biden was running for office, there would be people online asking, do you think that Biden is up to the task to take on this great anointed, greatest qualified, bestest president ever when he's stammering and coughing? See, personally, I think he's sick. But he's not going to admit he's sick because they do, you know, they do what they do. They hid Hillary's sickness forever because they thought it was going to be a sign of weakness. And to be quite honest, it probably been better if she came out and said, hey, I am kind of fucked up, but I'm not going to die. And when I'm president, blah, blah, blah. These are the people that told you John McCain was in the grave. So they know what it's going to look like because they're the dirty politics motherfuckers. But Biden's a goddamn train wreck, and I don't really care because the media—they're gonna—they're gonna, just gonna ignore it, as they always do with Democrats. But my point is, why? How could you go to work every day as a journalist and not apply the same things? Like the lady said to Jake Tapper, why can't you just be fair? 
You don't like Trump because he treats you like shit because you treat him like shit. As an adult, I'd be able to say, hey, yeah, I don't get along with that guy. But even with people I fucking hated, and I think that's the difference in America in the middle of the country to the coast. There are people I fucking despise that I would still say good job to. There were employees that sucked, bosses that sucked. When I was in the army, I served with people who were fucking shitheads. But when they did something good, you still recognized it because you're a fucking adult. But Coastals, it is all about what team you're on. They're incapable of applying the same lens they place on everybody who's not like them and doesn't vote like them to their own side. Right now, if Biden was the President of the United States, with the conduct he's done over the last week, i got to be honest, I'd be a little worried. Trump, he's been, even though he's braggadocio, and he's uncouth, and the things he does isn't presidential, got it. He's been decisive. The problem is he forgets he's dealing with the complicit media, so he says things like, hey, we're going to start looking on how we're going to get people back to work. It's been three weeks. Two weeks of lockdown. If you did, if Obama was president, the media would see it for what it is. He, he's just looking to get the economy back going. He's not saying we're doing it. He's not saying we're not going to social distance. He's not going to say certain areas got to stay locked down probably till May. He's being a president. And then on the positivity and the false hope and all the things they go on about. Do you want the president to go on every day and say we're all going to die? Is that what you want? Because that's all you're doing. Here are fucking just a few. We have deleted a tweet from January 31st that no longer reflects the current reality of the coronavirus story. For the latest on Vox coverage, please go here. Neon Taser, a screenshot showing exactly which tweet you're talking about would have gone a long way into the combating misinformation. Right now, nobody knows which info no longer reflects, and somebody had it. What is this coronavirus? It's part of a family of viruses that attack the respiratory system. Should I travel during the outbreak? The CDC and the State Department advise avoiding travel to China for now. Is this going to be a deadly pandemic? No. That was their coverage. There's about a hundred of them. They've gone back and changed it. Here's Tommy Vitor, an Obama bro. Who would have predicted Americans would be living under statewide lockdowns? But here we are, isolated in our homes, working from our couches, bringing our bottle of red wine into our showers, and asking our plants if they're mad at us. Five tweets before, Trump's fault. Trump's a piece of shit. Jeffrey Gutterman. I'm very rich, so none of this hurts me. I feel bad for those who are suffering and died. I am joyous that this has happened during your one and only term. John Cryer. Hey, America. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? 
I could go on for another hour. There's thousands. That I have it in my This is America. USA, USA, USA. Twitter, the left, the media, so happy that we had the most cases in the world. So they could pin it on Trump. They were happy. And all the tweets, it was all Trump. It wasn't about the virus or God help us or should we pray. It was, how's your God now? Hope that God miracles it away. This is all Trump's fault. Can't wait for the red states to start getting in high numbers. It was on Twitter. That's progressivism. And this is Pelosi, the person who stalled getting money to American people. You'll hear two kickbacks, but the rest of it, they're on her side. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi uh, is joining us from Capitol Hill right now. Uh, Madam Speaker, thank you so much for joining us. I don't know if you had a chance to hear what the president said, but he was upbeat. He predicted that the uh, he and his Steve Mnuchin predicted the Senate will pass this two trillion dollar aid package tonight. It will go to the House. It will pass the House, and then he will immediately sign it into law. He praised you. He praised the he praised uh, Chuck Schumer, of course Mitch McConnell, uh, the Republican leadership. Uh, what do you think? How soon after the Senate passes it? Let's assume it passes tonight. Madam Speaker, can you pass it in the House? Assuming the uh, House passes the legislation as written and passed by the Senate, how quick, and the President immediately signs it into law, how quickly will relief get to those who really need it right now? Trust it sounds like you and the Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, are roughly on the same page. Uh, he says it's going to be about three weeks before the checks start reaching folks out there. Three weeks uh, is relatively uh, quickly. Uh, he also says that the package is designed to help the American public for three months. Do you agree with him? He says it's for three months, uh, and then they'll have to reassess where to go next. Speaking of the governor of New York, uh, Andrew Cuomo, he said earlier today that in terms of what New York State will be getting uh, in this package, he says it's a, quote, drop in the bucket. Uh, he says New York State needs a lot more. How do you respond to that? Yeah, that's three or four Republican senators are making that threat right now. Uh, uh, I know you got to run, but let me ask you a final question, Madam Speaker. What's your message tonight to Americans who are so scared and concerned about what their future holds. Well, what's encouraging, Madam Speaker, you and Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate, work together with the Republicans and the president to get this done. Uh, and let's make sure it gets done very quickly because there are a lot of people who are in desperate need right now. Madam Speaker, thank you so much for joining us. Outstanding. What is remaining that you want changed? Well, I'm not going to negotiate on TV, uh, but uh, the... Uh, I, I want to have a unanimous consent. I want us to be able to go forward. Uh, not as, you know, it's not a bill I would have written in terms of some things that relate to family medical leave, that relate to uh, worker protections, that uh, ruling on worker protections. But we that can be done administratively. We can find other ways. Not enough money for elections, etc. At this time, all of everything we're suggesting just relates to COVID-19. It's not about making law for the future. It's about COVID, well, except fighting COVID-19 is for the future. But, I mean, it's not changing policy except as it applies here. So, again, many of the, uh, many of the provisions in there have been greatly improved well, me, because of negotiation. Let me negotiation. ask you about that because I'm sure. Well, I do think that there is a whole concern in our country that if we're giving tens of billions of dollars to the airlines, 
that we could at least have a shared value about what the, what happens to the environment. But that is a, you know, that is an excuse, not a reason, uh, for Senator McConnell to go forward. Some of the other issues, like not fully extending family medical leave, not funding uh, food stamps, I hope that will all change uh, in the next few hours. But there are issues that are central to the well-being of America's families. Not enough money for elections, etc. At this time, all of everything we're suggesting just relates to COVID-19. It's not about making law for the future. It's about COVID. Well, except fighting COVID-19 is for the future. But I mean, it's not changing policy except as it applies here. So again, many of the uh, many of the provisions in there have been greatly improved well, me, because of negotiation. Because I'm sure you heard uh, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor uh, today. He's talked about it before, uh, saying that what you in the House have been asking for, and maybe even some Democrats in the Senate, are you know things on your wish list. For example, they say that you asked for imposing new emission standards and carbon offsets on airlines, which is something that uh, is in the Democratic uh, wheelhouse. It's yeah. something that you would want in a perfect world, but not appropriate today. What's your response? Well, I do think that there is a whole concern in our country that if we're giving tens of billions of dollars to the airlines, that we could at least have a shared value about what what happens to the environment. Now, I play that because it's a given, of course. We know they're going to be on Pelosi's side. But at the same time, on Twitter, they were fucking, Pelosi hates America, Dems don't care about Americans. Liberals were on that. They were pissed. The majority of Twitter was pissed. Why do I say that's important? Well, the media gets most of their goddamn causes from Twitter. They're on it constantly. That's why I'm on it. I mean, they jerk off on Twitter all day long. So the majority opinion was, these people suck. But we got Karen Tumulty. Her second act has been, by some measures, even more impressive than her first. Pelosi's discipline and maturity, her refusal to be intimidated by Trump's bluster, have energized the Democratic base and kept a volatile and impulsive president off balance. The entire world went, what the fuck are you talking about? Who are you talking about? That is not true. Not true at all. But they're they're going to do it because that's what they do. So, we're going to do our This is America on the A part. And we're going to start off with some sound bites. All right? Well, A sound bite. And it's going to be AOC. And then we're going to get into just the worst of the worst. So, you're going to hear AOC... 
in a New York Times article about a hospital in New York City. I'm going to play it up front because it's going to be the theme of what they're trying to portray in the media, not for reality's sake, but for political sake. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the last soundbite. Like the media say when they are pushing liberal agenda stories. And this is America in 2019. And it's actually a fascinating progressive moment because what it's shown is that all of these issues have never been about how are you going to pay for it. It's never been about whether we have the capacity to do these things or if the logistics have worked out. All of these excuses that we have been given as to why we cannot treat people humanely have suddenly gone up in smoke. And what what has been revealed is that all of these issues were really about a lack of political will and who you deemed worthy to be in an emergency or not. Because to me, in New York City, the highest rates of homelessness since the Great Depression has been an emergency for a very long time. And we have had to have been pushing for housing as a human right for a very long time. Now that we are experiencing everybody who's threatened by the uncertainty of this moment, everyone's realizing, wait, we are all in this together. And that, so, so that applies not just to issues of, of economic prosperity, but it, it also applies to issues of criminal justice, of civil rights, of human rights. They were unproductive and they cost a lot of money. They cost a lot of money. Really? Right? So this is the logic that the president has taken forward. And who's being abandoned? It's World War II vets who gave their entire life, now in their 90s, the frailest among us, and they're being abandoned. You're seeing Korean war vets in the golden years of their life after giving their all to their country being abandoned by this president. You're seeing Vietnam vets who went through hell, not only at war, but when they came home, they were treated like garbage. But you know what? They still love their country. They still wave their flag. They're still proud, still proud that they went and fought for their country when they were called while people like Donald Trump stayed home and went to elite colleges and dodged the draft. But those Vietnam vets, they're being left behind. And it seems that Republicans now are making the argument, let the World War II vets die, let the Korean War vets die, let the Vietnam vets die, let let everybody in that generation die, because we're worried about Boeing. We want Boeing, who got, by the way, a $17 billion bailout by right. this package after killing people because of their selfishness, because of their greediness. I mean, all these other countries, well, all these other companies with stock buybacks, the same thing happened there. We have Republicans, we have people like Lindsey Graham and Rick Scott more concerned about Boeing 
than unemployed people in their own state. Now, I understand with Rick Scott because he cut unemployment benefits so low in Florida that Florida actually has the worst unemployment benefits in America because of Rick Scott. But Rick Scott was worried about unemployed Americans. Unemployed Americans getting too much money while he had no problem with Boeing getting a $17 billion bailout uh, after killing people because of their selfishness and their greediness. Mika, the priorities, I've never in my life seen the priorities laid out in such a stark way between one party and the other. Now, as you know, I'm not a Democrat. There are a lot of things that Democrats do that drive me crazy. I, 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 I couldn't, I mean, I watched the first Democratic debate and I just looked in at wonderment and had, at how far left Twitter had pulled the party. But there is no doubt, if you're talking about the party of life right now, right. Uh, as, as uh, the American conservative wrote, right now, these conservatives are making uh, Democrats who are pro-choice actually look more pro-life because they're only worried about the unborn. It is the born. It is the weakest among us. It is senior citizens who they're ready to euthanize because they want Boeing's corporate earnings to not dip too, too, too low. They want to make sure that people that own businesses in their district or in their states will keep giving them campaign contributions. So this it's I don't know what I grew up in a Baptist church and I heard a lot about abortion and on the, the front of end of life and youth uh, euthanizing uh, seniors on I mean, the, the other side of life insanity. And, and, and let me just be clear. If we have scientists and we have doctors and we have all the patients in this room. All the feet that you see, they all have COVID. The frustrating thing about all of this is it really just feels like it's too little too late. Like we knew, we knew it was coming. Today is kind of getting worse and worse. We had to get a refrigerated truck to store the bodies of patients who are dying. We are right now scrambling to try to get a few additional ventilators or even CPAP machines. If we could get CPAP machines, we could free up ventilators for patients who need them. You know, we now have these five vents. We probably, you know, unless people die, I, I suspect we'll be back to needing to beg for ventilators again in another day or two. There's a mythical hundred vents out there, which we haven't seen.
leaders in various offices, from the president to the head of health and hospitals, saying things like, we're going to be fine, everything's fine. And from our perspective, everything is not fine. I don't have the support that I need and even just the materials that I need physically to take care of my patients. And it's, it's America. And we're supposed to be a first world country. I tossed in a, a little uh, Joe Scarborough in there, too. That's the one we're going to kill all. He's going to kill them all. But this uh, first soundbite, People for Bernie tweeted it. AOC, and it's actually a fascinating progressive movement because what it's shown is that all these issues have never been about how are you going to pay for it. It's never been about whether we have the capacity to do these things or if logistics have worked out. All these excuses that we have given us to why we cannot treat people humanely have suddenly gone into smoke. And what has been revealed is that all these issues were really about a lack of political will. Because to me, in New York City, the highest rate of homelessness since the Great Depression has been an emergency for a very long time. We had to blah, 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 blah. So basically, this is a good deal. David Marcus, for fuck's sake, she thinks we can just pass $2 trillion stimulus bills every month. Then, after it gets approved, AOC, to clarify, $1,200 checks are only going to some with Social Security numbers, not immigrants with tax IDs. Thanks to GOP, these checks will be cut off the backs of tax-paying immigrants. Who get nothing. What are the, uh, what is that demographic? Because most of the illegals don't have tax IDs. Many are essential workers who pay more taxes than Amazon. Wall Street gets four trillion. What Trump and GOP centers have done is hold hospitals, working people, and the vulnerable hostages so they can get into 500 billion in corporate welfare with all the Wall Street giveaway. GOP refuses to fund hospitals and employment. It's inhumane. I'm not even going to read the fucking replies. Everybody was like, are you fucking shitting me? Really? It passed 96 to nothing. But that goes back to what I said. Pelosi went home and the squad bitched her. She didn't have a choice. She had to push up all the bullshit they've been passing down there that's never getting to the Senate floor. And even if it was a dim Senate, it would never get passed. Just wouldn't. New York City, who she talks about so much in that video. There you go. Justin, President Trump sends a letter to U.S. Governor saying administration is working on new guidelines. Mark Mulatis. He's ridiculous. Blue states will ignore and continue flattening the curve. And God help Red America. Which still not taking this seriously enough. Joe Scarborough, USA now has no now has more coronavirus cases than any country in the world. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. It's going to be just fine. January twenty second, Donald Trump. But Nate Silver, he went to the next level. Thirteen hour increase over yesterday in detected coronavirus cases. Hopefully, grouping things by region helps out. Disparities in testing rates, south plus 32, northeast plus 30, midwest plus 27, plus 23 New York, plus 20 California, plus 20 Washington, plus 11 
Another interesting comparison. Yesterday, detected cases increased by 31% in Trump states as compared to 21 in Clinton states. If detected cases in each set of states continue to increase at their current rates, the number of cases in Trump states would surpass the number of cases in Clinton states on 4-11, the day before Easter. There is also likely significant underdetection in Trump states, and Trump states that report on hospitalization, 20% of detected cases are resulting in hospitalization, compared to 12 in Clinton states, 10% without New York. That probably means a lot of mild cases are being missed. Why would you track that? Why? That's the left. It's all politics. He even got the Easter jab in there. It's all politics to them. None of it is about the people, that those are people in those stats. Then you got Kathy Griffin. He's lying. I was sent to COVID-19 isolation ward room in major hospital ER from a separate urgent care facility and showing unbearably painful symptoms. The hospital couldn't test me for the coronavirus because of CDC Pence Task Force restriction. Test, test, test. This is what people broke it down. Note that Kathy doesn't name the hospital. This is because they couldn't put her in COVID-19 isolation ward without testing her. The ward is reserved for COVID-19 cases. A funny thing just happened that proves Kathy's lying. It also proves that there's a new coordinated campaign against Trump. An hour ago, I got a call from a rabid leftist informing that he has COVID-19, but he said that he isn't allowed to be tested. So how does he know that he, how do I know he's lying? Kathy, or she's lying? Kathy Griffin doesn't understand that she wouldn't be put in a COVID-19 isolation ward unless she tests positive. The legal liability for a hospital would be off the charts of the isolated people without testing them. Same with the idiot in New York. No doctor in the country diagnoses people without testing them. The legal liability would be incalculable. So just take some time to appreciate the level of insane hatred that would motivate her to do this. I just realized that she's wearing corduroy pants. Those are spread legs. She's not even in a hospital ground or under a blanket. Kathy is also not hooked up to the ventilator O2. No hoses from the connection on the wall, spotted by another on Twitter. You'd think in a corona isolation ward should be hooked up to O2 at least. She also is also wearing a surgical mask, not a ventilator mask. There we go, Kathy. CDC has guidance for who should be tested, but decisions about testing are the decision of state and local health departments, not Trump. It's a staged photo. That's how far she went. Hillary, nurses at Mount Sinai West have resorted to wearing trash bags as protective gear. A nurse manager just died there of COVID-19. This should not be happening in America. Problem is, this was on the left, swilling. David Wright, we have enough PPE in stock for the immediate need, Cuomo said, but not beyond the immediate need. PPE is protective equipment, mask, gowns, etc., Ben Shapiro, the disconnect between announcements being made by Cuomo, we now have enough PPE for foreseeable future, and the media, here are nurses wearing trash bags, is pretty stunning. 
Cuomo's team just addressed the story. They said they have enough PPE and spoke directly to Mount Sinai. Cuomo suggested there might have been a distribution issue, but they have enough PPE and simultaneously the soundbite I played with New York showing a hospital with people in coolers like fucking 28 days later. And that wasn't true. Last point, and then I finalize. Obama urges Americans to continue to social distance despite President Trump's wishes. This article says CNN found their angle. Obama's a tweeted encouraged messages during the outbreak. There he Though he's not directly criticizing the Trump administration response, Obama's urged marriage to protect Americans to protect, continue to distance themselves and others from coronavirus by taking common sense precautions like hand washing and staying home if sick. He also thanked healthcare professionals who are fighting the coronavirus outbreak, saying in a tweet last week that given everything, May we all model our own behavior and their selflessness and sacrifice as we help each other through this, he said. On Tuesday, Trump said he wants to ease social distancing measures in order for a country to be opened up and just raring to go by Eastern. Health experts have cautioned against easing the guidelines to boost the economy as the number of confirmed cases continue to rise in the U.S. There's Barack Obama being a hero, while Donald Trump is just so callously expressing hope that we'll get through this sooner or later. One reply, because I had a million There is a terrible, this is a terrible headline. Even if Trump is talking about opening up prematurely, he's not saying people should stop distancing. Really bad stuff, CNN. The WHO director himself, Trump doing all he can to tackle coronavirus. That kind of leadership can stop this pandemic. It's an hour-long soundbite. But that's not what our media is portraying. Thus I put it in This is America. We have the red state, blue states, the Clinton-Trump states, fake fucking stories, and all the bullshit I played in this two and a half hours. It is purposeful. It is by design. They just want to scare people. And it is unfucking professional. I know I end every sto- sh- fucking show with the media's garbage, but the media is just garbage. They are parsing every single thing he says and pushing it on the negative connotation you can take. I mean, I saw at least eight people. I'm a Democrat. I hate my party. Can I stop? People are suffering. They really are with this lockdown. The economy's suffering. But once again, it's area. It's where you live. That dictates your conduct. We went into a grocery store yesterday in a county with zero cases. We got the few things we needed, no toilet paper still. We went back to the car, we disinfected our stuff. We walked in the house, we disinfected the stuff we bought, which was some junk food, with a wipe, and then we wiped our hands and we went about our business. I 
probably didn't have to do any of that. There are so few cases outside the urban area that you probably don't need to lose your shit. But where I live, some businesses other than food related are still working. There's still traffic. The military, unfortunately, has scaled back and gone to mission essential because it it's breaking all the rules. I mean, it's a military organization. Just having a formation, you can infect all sorts of people. And it's hard to sequester people coughing and people not coughing because the Army just has a cough. Anybody watch the Civil War series, that you just have a cough. But I literally sat last night when I finished this, and though I bungled the, the Biden section really bad on this podcast, and I overshot the time, I, I was almost depressed it's almost depressing that this is how bad it's gotten just because you hate Trump I mean just the simple concept that we will not air this stuff then they just air him so they can get a day's worth of news on CNN there's actually a reporter dogging Jim Acosta for dogging Trump, and the moment Trump stopped speaking, they got up and left the room. They just left. They didn't cover Pence, Brinks, Fauci. They didn't air any of it. I mean, it was a concept, then Washington State quit doing it. And then everybody started falling in line. And i got to be quite honest, if I was a chief of staff of the White House right now, I'd tell the president, stop going on. Go to Twitter, put it out. Because why? You're just going to pick it apart. You're trying to find any little word to fear-monger the nation. And then you're rolling out Obama? You'll roll out anybody. Sean Penn has been on CNN three fucking times to talk about a pandemic. Sean Penn. But this is serious. We need to take this serious. This is serious shit. So fucking very, very serious. No, it's not. It's clearly not that serious if you can play this much politics. So, there's our A segment. Sorry about the fuck-ups and the few few spots. The Biden shit got out of hand. I got kind of derailed there. But download B. And we're going to go into our news and social media nuggets. It's truncated. It's not as long as this. And uh, have a little fun. Because God knows we need some fun. Going to do some reviews on some TV shows. So if you're in a show hole, uh, we'll, we'll find some common crown to watch some things because I'm sure by now you watch Tiger King oh wait a minute I didn't review Tiger King I am now see ya in part B